Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And I am joined by John Bean Crosby Sheeran. It's almost a white Christmas out here. It is, John. And I will tell you something. I am very, I don't know what to do. We talked about this, you and I, on Sunday. But I don't know what to do with these Cincinnati Bengals. Like, this show doesn't even make sense anymore. And by the way, you are watching the Number One Bengals podcast. We are on YouTube, DNH Sports. Make sure to subscribe. And you can watch us on Brinks.tv. And it is not just us. And I actually, I actually signed up for Brinks.tv when I found out it was free. And, uh, and I saw there was a lot of great content on there. It, it is it's streamed all the time, 24-7. John, I don't know if you saw, but they have... I don't know what they have. They have a cooking show with with Sean Spicer. Do you remember Sean Spicer? It's called Hot and Spicer. I do remember him. I didn't know he cooked. He does everything now. He was on Dancing with the Stars. You know, he was he was in the Emmys. He does he does a lot of different stuff, and he's he's trying to expand his horizons. And there's a lot of no, but really, there's a lot of sports shows. There's one on you know, there's like a podcast about Bosa Ball. Do you know what Bosa is, John? I don't know what Bosa Ball is, no. It's kind of, it's kind of like volleyball, but with trampolines. Mm. It's very fun, very creative. And uh, there's a documentary about Gizmo. Do you know uh, Gizmo? I don't know if you've seen uh, the Gremlins series. But you're giving me a lot of reasons to go to Brinks.tv because you're naming yeah. stuff that I've never even heard of. At all, so yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, my incentive now is only increased, honestly. Yeah, but no, but look, Courtney, uh, please tell us, Brinks.tv is the home of Ray Lewis's new show, and it is called Courtney. It is called the Ray Lewis Show. The Ray Lewis Show. I, I, I that was going to be one pretty easy one to remember there, you know. Yeah, but. Courtney, you were telling us it's a cross between kind of what it is. A, it is what kind of show is it? Uh, so it is really motivational, inspirational, and it is your journey to a championship mentality with Ray Lewis and his longtime trainer uh, of 20 years, Monty Sanders. That's so actually, it's the opposite of our show. I thought it was honestly copying elements of our show, but it's actually quite the opposite. So when, when you're done here, go over there for a new perspective on maybe life in general. Yeah. But but look, John, Bengals have been receiving a lot of attention. Okay, the Cincinnati Bengals, it is it is crazy how quickly the media just, you know, flipped the script. Right? And I mean I don't care what the media says. A lot of Bengals fans do. I don't care. 
like, let's be honest. Most of the media, they just make up stuff. They, it's just the false kind of news, if you will. And, uh, but a lot of people are saying, whoa, the Bengals, there's, two, there's a couple of things. They're saying, okay, well, the Bengals, could, they beat the Ravens like that? Okay, now we take them seriously. Now they could win the division. Now some people say they could go to AFC Championship game. The other thing is they're like, hey, Bengals, remember where you came from. You stink. Stop being so, you know, proud of yourselves. You know, like Joe Burrow was caught on the mic saying, if we win the division, we can win it all. Yeah, of course. I mean, you win the division and you're one of, you know, whatever, four teams. I don't know how many divisions they are. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it works. You know? Yeah, and we are in the best division in football. We have the best record our division in football. So, I mean, that is, uh, that is natural. They don't like, John, they don't like that for the first time in 30 years, 32 years or something, the Bengals are, are you know, have to be taken seriously. It's funny, that, it's funny that you say that, and I just, I just want to say that, you know, it, it is weird to handle all this right now, but I'm glad that you're handling this better than Hoji, who for some reason took a vacation right before the Bengals' bye week. I don't, I don't know why he was overwhelmed. I thought this would be a platform for him to really expand upon uh, his anti-Bengals um, slander going against the media who was anti-Bengal, but yeah, it's funny you should say that the first time in 32 years, they were 8-0 seven, six years ago, but it's very clear that the general consensus about this team is that it's more of a of a force to be reckoned with compared to the eight no team in 2015 primarily because of a coaching staff that has yet to really show themselves in the playoffs so they don't have that reputation and stigma attached to it but also the quarterback right it's yeah. joe burrow against andy dalton people are taking joe burrow seriously because in just his second year after just 17 starts he looks like everything of about being the real deal more yeah that is true. I mean, we talk about the 2015 season, and like this season, we had, you know, we had a kind of, the, the defense was very good. I think we were second in points allowed, and the offense was very good. You know, we had, uh, Andy Dalton was like a top five MVP candidate before he went down. But, yeah, it's, it's very different, and I will say, yeah, we're not that far in the season, but shortly after that 8 Noah start, we our first primetime game or second, I don't know, against the Texans, I think our second primetime game, we just had a complete meltdown. And nobody sees that t this team doing that. But, John, the question I have for you is, have they figured it out? And what I mean is, when you look at that offensive line, okay, and you look at Quinton Spain, who is one of the top, I don't know, 20 guards in the league, like he is what people thought Joe Tooney could be, but is a lot cheaper. And, you know, John, by the way, I was just shopping at Kohl's, for instance. Mm. And, and, you know, everybody for months was telling me, why don't you get some, you know, shorts? You know, because I, I, I had a lot of winter clothing, but I didn't have any shorts. And they're like, you know, you're sweating, you know, in the house, wear some shorts. But I waited and I waited and I waited. And now I found shorts for $3 at Kohl's. And so I was like, see, got you. And that is what happened with the Bengals, with Quinton Spain. They didn't go after the big name free agents, the offensive linemen, and they, they were patient. They were patient, and, and, and it worked out. And now they have that same value, but they paid a lot less. I don't know if it's patience. It's more along the lines of they saw that there were options out there. Those options would have been considerably more expensive than just resigning Quinn Spain. They they brought back Quinn Spain 
about a week after maybe the beginning of the free agency, which is not early in the game, but they had options to upgrade on paper over Quinn Spain, who, to his credit, was admirable at times in 2020, but definitely didn't inspire a lot of confidence. And I think a lot of Bengals fans would have remembered at that point in time, like, yeah, Quinn Spain is decent, but he can't be like the the main answer, the main addition, or just re-signing at the position. So they definitely bet on Quinn Spain improving under new coaching and with more stability and just being at the same position for an entire offseason and gelling with the rest of the offensive alignment. That was the idea, and it's definitely worked out to their favor. But I think it was more along the lines of they know that Quinn Spain wasn't going to cost very much, and they had confidence in him being at least serviceable. What really happened, though, is that he's playing for pennies, and he's playing like one of the better left guards in the league. It's the absolute best-case scenario by far. It's the best-case scenario, and John... We talked a lot about before the season, but can I just bring it up again? Frank Pollock. I mean, like, these guys are all very talented. Okay, all of these players are very talented. But it is, it is not just Quinton Spain. It is not just Jonah Williams. He's having a breakout year, right? You know, uh, I mean, like, uh, who else was it, John? We had uh, one of our other guards was playing. Oh, Jackson Carmen. Jackson Carmen had the breakout game, John. Yeah, he played pretty well. Moving from tackle to guard. I mean, come on. Like, what are the chances you have three breakout seasons on the offensive line? I mean, it, 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 it is really Frank Pollock. Is, that is, I mean, he's, he, I, I feel like when I watch these guys, and I watch sometimes they get to the second level or they take on a second, you know, defender, I feel like they, they have a passion. They have a, a, a desire. They have a fire. In, in, when they play. And I can't help but think they, they love to play for their offensive line coach. It, it's def, it definitely makes a difference. I think Quinn Spain talks about they're all like eating together at least once one night a week because um, apparently that wasn't something that they did last year. There's just better communication. There's better camaraderie, which leads to better chemistry. That's the biggest thing that I've noticed. Like, There's not a lot of miscues. There's not a lot of false starts or holdings in general. There's, there's just five guys who are consistently playing with each other always playing like there's no substitutions there's no injuries uh, fortunately for them so the continuity has been there which has allowed them to really gel more under a, a new coach a better coach so all of that has improved i think it's something to watch though for jonah williams he's not had the best back-to-back performances against the lions and ravens so that has kind of derailed some of his breakout performances but honestly we talk about the offense line improvement and that's still if you want to classify any part of this team as a weakness that's still the one area that is kind of exploitable compared to other teams like and that's saying something like the offense line is still average but it it's it's still in pass blocking john and I, I don't really buy into uh, buy into that i think that could be kind of misleading at times jonah williams can can play better jackson carmen can play better but he's still a rookie so he's got some time and unfortunately trey hopkins has not been his old self so you still have pieces on the line that can play better but even with that being said they have the most important functions components of the offense figured out they can pass the ball with with better than most other teams in the league because they have Joe Burrow and elite receivers. And that that's honestly the point of why you draft Jamar Chase because with average blocking and elite receivers, you can build an elite passing game so easy. Yeah. I mean, my last question for you, for remaining holes to fill, you talked about offensive line has some room to grow. What about that cornerback number two? I mean, we don't expect Trey Waynes to be a contributor necessarily. I don't know what to make of Trey Wayne's man. He's going to be out for an un- undisclosed period of time. Eli Apple has honestly been kind of decent 
no one really wants to talk about it because he's been a meme for the entire offseason and he looked pretty bad in the first couple weeks, but he's really settled down and been playing pretty well as the number two quarterback. So they're going to leave him in there for as long as it takes until Trey Waynes comes back. Trey Waynes is going to get an opportunity to get his job back. He's being paid far too much money for that not to happen, but at this point you can't you just can't really rely on him to stay on the field until he shows that. And then he's going to enter next year with one year left on his deal, and they're going to have a decision to make. Let's talk about this coming game. Week 8 against the Jets. John, two weeks ago, people predicted the Bengals to lose to the Detroit Lions. The other people picked them to lose. And the Detroit Lions were 0-5 at the time. The Bengals were 3-2. and Right. The Bengals came out, and uh, in very unlike Bengals fashion, they they played like a great team against a bad team, and they they just blew them out of the water. Then, so that's one blowout. Then they blew out one of the top, you know, what was considered one of the top teams in the league, definitely the top team in our division. They were considered. I don't know if I agree with that because their defense seemed very vulnerable. But the Ravens were, and uh, they blew them out. And now there's all this talk. Now, okay, finally, it's now Bengals. Look, they're going to make the playoffs. The question is, are they going to be the number one seed, number two seed? Now, you know, this very young team is getting this kind of treatment like, uh, you know, top team. So do they treat that bad team, the Jets? Do they underestimate them now? Do they underestimate the Jets because they're the 5-2 and two Bengals? Is that the question? Because of what has transpired the past couple of weeks. Like before when they played the Lions, they were still, you know, people weren't taking the Bengals seriously. So they came out and like, hey, we are the better team. But now they might believe in the hype, you know. If they believe in the hype, I don't see what's the problem with that. I, I, I've been thinking about this because I think in general – people who are confused on how to treat the Bengals as a legitimate team because usually it's people waiting for the other shoe to drop. There is no other shoe to drop because th- this team is not overperforming. This team is not overconfident. This team is just confident because they're that good and that is just their natural well, personas. No, no, just just let me explain. Let me explain. 20 years ago, Tom Brady fell into the Patriots. Drew Bledsoe got hurt. And success just kind of happened to him, right? And then he didn't really have to overcome any adversity. That was something that Tom Brady talked about. Like, it was so easy in the beginning that when things started to get hard, it was new for him. That's what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs right now. It was so easy for Patrick Mahomes to fall into that situation, take the NFL by storm in 2018, go to the AFC Championship game, win a Super Bowl, and go to another Super Bowl. Now they're dealing with struggles in his third year starting, and they don't know how to do it. The Bengals, last two years, they won six games. They know what it's like to be drug dragged through the mud, not only from the media's perspective, but just on-field performance. They know what it's like when it when things are bad, and they've overcome all of those struggles and have now become a really good team that believes in itself. So I don't think trap games and underestimating bad teams apply to teams like the Bengals because they know that things can change in an instant, and they have that perspective of when things were bad. That's a great point. That's a great point. I love that point. Uh, and that made me forget my point. That is what that point was. <laughs> but, okay, John. Well, oh, this is what I was going to say. They do know how good they are, and uh, you're right. They, they do know how they're not that far removed, let's say, other than Chase, from a very bad situation. But, John, just in that Ravens game, the first half, right, it felt like the Bengals 
didn't know how good they were. Because, I mean, I don't know. Actually, I want to talk to you about this, John. What were they doing to Jamar Chase to get him, what, he only got like one or two targets that first half? When we know they just weren't throwing offense. to him. They yeah, weren't throwing why? to him. Why? What were the Ravens doing? I don't think they were doing anything different than the, what they were doing in the second half. He was just being shadowed by Marlon Humphrey, who's a great cornerback. So why weren't they and just throwing to him? Because I think they wanted to take advantage of T. Higgins against a lesser cornerback, and then T. Higgins couldn't step up. There's clearly some disconnect between T. Higgins and Joe Burrow right now on some of those deep balls because the the, the timing with, with Higgins high-pointing those balls is just not there. And he, he did have some catches in the game, but I think the Bengals just realized, okay, if, if Higgins isn't getting it done and Boyd's not really getting separation as well, let's try out our number one receiver, and then he just toasts one of the best cornerbacks in the game. And I think you have a point. They didn't realize that Chase was going to be that dominant against that good of, a, of an opponent. It was the first real giant test for a rookie in Jamar Chase, and he passed it with flying colors, and maybe that surprised him a little bit. But even the defense, John. The defense came alive in the second half. Yeah. I mean, what I mean is, maybe that was the confidence booster. Maybe that is not going to make them overly confident, but maybe that's what they needed to feel like they can turn it on at any time. You know, maybe that's what that game was. But okay, John, this game... It's going to come down to the trenches. And the Bengals, right, they have their worst matchup against the Jets' defensive line. And the Jets have this guy, Quenon Williams, and a John Franklin Myers guy. They have about seven or eight sacks between them. And look, Bengals have had a few games in a row where they haven't had Joe Burrow get beat up that much. But early in the season, he was getting beat up. And we know he gets beat up, this whole season's over. So what do you, what do you see about this matchup that worries you and what makes you think that we should be okay? Well, that's the only thing that can sway this game. And, it's, and in that sense, it's like the Bears where the Bengals on paper week two were better than the Bears, but the Bears had a talented defensive line that could change the course of the game. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. It ended up being terrible and the Bengals' worst loss of the season. But you compare the Bears and the Jets, and at least the Bears had talent at other positions aside from the defensive line. That's not the case with the Jets. Not only are they completely void of talent in most areas, they're also pretty injury riddled at the moment. Uh, CJ CJ Mosley is dealing with a hamstring. Former Bengals tight end Tyler Croft is dealing with with an injury. They have a couple other injuries on the defensive side of the ball that may limit what they can do. Like they don't have a lot of continuity in just this season because so many guys have been injured on defense and typically that's what the Jets are good at. They have a defensive head coach in Robert Sala that was supposed to be his identity. It's going to take a while for them to reach whatever potential that they have. They just don't have it right now and Above everything else, the Jets have a quarterback named Mike White. No one knows who that is. There's no way that he can possibly keep up with Joe Burrow, even if Joe Burrow has an off day because of the Jets' pass rush. So there are areas on the Jets that could potentially give the Bengals an issue, but aside from just defensive line versus Bengals' offensive line, I, I don't see how the Jets can keep this close because of their quarterback. So your prediction, John, from what they're it, getting? It, it's going to be a blowout. Okay. What are we talking Score. Maybe not as big as the Ravens and Lions game. I I think it's going to it's going to run away from the Jets pretty early in the game, and maybe the Bengals kind of ease off the throttle a little bit. So maybe something along the lines of like a twenty-four to nine victory. I would say. Okay. Well, I I think it's going to come down to the last minutes, John. This game mm. will not be decided until the clock strikes zero, 
and the Bengals are going to come out on top 38 to 17. That is my prediction. And uh, that, I think, I think, look, I think this game, we, we have, this is one thing I'm concerned about as a Bengals fan. You know, I am, I am kind of, uh, you, you know, I am inclined to think about negative things that could happen to my team. And I'm very worried about injuries. But right now we are very healthy, you know, and I think a healthy, productive Joe Mixon is going to be called upon a lot to kind of wear out that defensive line. I would agree. And I think late in the game, he's going to break some big ones. So I think Joe Mixon, this could be the Joe Mixon game. And just for any doubt that's lingering about this game, like it, it feels the same as the Lions, man. Like, is it possible that the Jets somehow play their hearts out and keep it close? Sure, it's football. It's the NFL. It could happen. If the Bengals are for real, like we all believe that they are, this game won't be as close as maybe the score may indicate it will be. The Bengals are just the better team, and like you said, they're healthy right now. There's no reason why they shouldn't take care of this game easily. Yeah. Well, John... Speaking of taking care of things easily, nobody likes a handout. However, who doesn't like money? Courtney, can we get the, uh, the, the emotional music, please? Thank you. John, I want to talk to you about something that I know you know is the real reason that we do this whole thing. It's, it's, it is what motivates us to do the show week after week. And that is promotion. Mm. John, now this show, if you notice, sounds great. Because Dr. Hoji the Dr. Gasmoji is not here. And the reason he's not here is because he does not have a mic. He does not have a good mic. And we are trying to raise that money from good people who are watching this show right now for free on Brinks.tv they could switch the channel over to you know the all the other great programs on Brinks.tv but they choose to watch us John they could look they could be watching Sean a Spicer trying to make a spice cake or trying to make a fruit cake or try, whatever they make on Halloween what kind of cake do they make John on Halloween uh, not a fruit cake that's okay. for Christmas whatever a traditional Halloween dish is do they have traditional Halloween I don't know but they, they choose to watch us, John. And, uh, and because of that, we want to thank them by telling them to go to patreon.com slash Sports and giving us money. That is all I have to say about that, John. So he's not on vacation? He's just here because he doesn't have a mic? Yeah. Get his butt in here. Yeah. Please, go to patreon.com slash Sports. Get, get Hoji motivated to come back on the show. And don't forget to leave a five-star review subscribe you can find us on youtube dh sports d and h sports you can find us on all the different outlets for audio whether it is john tell them whether it is uh what is the we one? got your spotify we got your itunes we got your stitcher we got your google play are we on r19 we might be on r19 if not find us on youtube d and h sports and all the other platforms that i just mentioned there you go go to those places and follow us and follow John on Twitter. He has a lot of great stuff to say. All right. For John, Nat King Kolchiren, and for myself, because we don't have anybody else. We don't have any guests. We couldn't afford them this week. And we couldn't get John Hoji on. But yeah, for 
Courtney. Why not for Courtney? That is all we have. We'll see you next time. So long, sweetie pies. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.